free will and your soul. Two things take it for granted until evil takes control. Evening, I'm Minder, and welcome to another Friday night with Nightmare Nocturne. If you're new, make sure you hit that subscribe button and the bell icon. That way, you get a new story every week. So tonight's story was requested multiple times. It seems to be everyone's biggest fear. I'm talking about demonic possession. Tonight's story time needs a small disclaimer. Um, it is about demonic possession and it deals with mental illness as well as religion. Um, please don't be hateful or anything. I don't want to offend anybody. Um, you are entitled to believe what you want to believe. Um, I just know it's an uncomfortable subject for me, but I'm going to read it. And if you want the full on creep factor, turn up the volume or put your headphones on. Possessions. You want to know what real evil is? I don't think you can understand the level of how deep it goes. She croaked while aggressively flicking her cigarette while looking out to the green landscape beyond the stone walls. I sat there with my notepad and my phone on voice record. I came to this institution to get a one-on-one -on -one interview with Miss Catherine about her past. With it being so close to Halloween, I thought, a little scary piece would be fun for my viewers. I'm sure you're right, Miss Catherine. I couldn't possibly understand what you went through. No, she gave a crooked grin. You wouldn't know what it's like to lose complete control of your body, your mind, your soul. I gulped and took a sip of my tea to distract my unease. She choked and went back to looking at the hilltops. Miss Catherine, I understand this is a difficult topic for you to discuss. If by any means you don't want to continue on the interview. She growled. Miss Catherine smashed her cigarette butt into the overflowing ashtray. Took out another, lit it, and breathed in deeply. Okay, she said while blowing out smoke through her nose. She looked awfully close to a cartoon dragon with her tough, leathery skin and permanent snarl on her face. I'll tell you my story for whatever it is. You too, I blurted out. <clears throat> Fine, but no video, she barked. Would you mind if I could just use the audio? Miss Catherine lazily waved her hand in a dismissing manner. I took it as a yes. Okay, let's start. Miss Catherine, I would just like to say thank you for allowing me to document your story. She stared out the patio for a moment and grimaced. I was 16 years old when it had happened. 1988. I was staying over at my friend Betsy's house like I did every Halloween night. Except this time, she invited her new guy Bobby over and one of his friends. She inhaled on her cigarette. He had pulled out a Ouija board and said he wanted to try it. Coming from a Catholic family, I was on edge, but at the same time I was 16 and stupid. It was after 3 a.m., and we had turned off all the lights and lit some candles. The lights in Miss Catherine's room flickered a few times, but she paid no mind to it. It worked all right. 
The planchette started to move and none of us could figure out who was doing it. It felt like our hands were being pulled. Well, it started out innocent and fun. We contacted a spirit named James. We asked it silly questions and it would answer. Then Bobby asked why it came to us and the planchette started to count down and we all let go. It immediately stopped. We put the board back in the box and called it a night. According to the rules of Ouija, you're always supposed to say goodbye. I said in confidence. Mm, she mumbled. Well, nothing seemed wrong for a bit. We didn't even talk about our contact with James. It was all kind of a hushed secret. Then a week later, things started to change. What started to change? She grabbed her one of her cigarettes and lit it up. Everything. She looked at me and her eyes were full of pain. Betsy and I started to fight. I wanted to talk about Halloween night, and she didn't want to hear a word on it. She said I was making a bigger deal than what it was. Bobby and his friends were the ones moving the planchette. Said they wanted to get us good and scare us, and it seemed to have worked if I was behaving this way. Another drag on her cigarette. We stopped being friends. I'm sorry to hear that, I said compassionately. I told her something was happening to me. Things in my room would disappear or move. I felt uneasy every time I go into my room. Betsy said she couldn't feel it and I was making things up. I got angry at her. I used to be nice, you know. I used to be quiet. I find you very nice, Miss Catherine. I was somewhat sincere. I mean, she did make odd growling sounds a lot, but other than that, pretty open. Ha! She cackled. I'm not nice. I hate everything and everyone. You are a waste of my time, little girl. But I don't have much longer. What else do I have to lose? I'm ready for it to be over. This got a little awkward. I don't know what to say. A cold chill started to creep up my spine. We argued some more and she called me crazy. I got so mad I don't remember. Just a TV static and darkness. I guess I had pushed her out my door and she nearly fell down the stairs had not my father been coming up to see the commotion. She screamed our friendship was over and we stopped speaking to another. Another long pause. I remember faking sick just so I didn't have to go to school. I just wanted to sit in my dark room. The sun hurt my eyes. I was tired and Betsy made my life a living hell. Things got much worse around my 20th birthday. I was getting sick and I didn't have the strength to move. Doctors couldn't find out what was wrong with me. I laid in bed most of the days as I was too exhausted from a trip to the bathroom. I felt a fever burning up inside me and it was hot. I had cold chills on my body. When I could sleep, I'd wake from the night terrors. How long were you sick like this? I asked her. Still am, she said nonchalantly. I looked at her again. She was skinny, but I had assumed it was her old age. I shifted my seat uncomfortably while the lights flickered again. I started to hear the voice six months later. It was like being whispered in my ear. It was a soft, cooing voice. Soothe me and help me to sleep at night. I started to feel somewhat better, but I was still weak. I didn't have the fever as much. I, of course, thought nothing of hearing a little voice inside my head, because we all have one. It didn't directly speak to me. 
It was just a subconscious moral compass at first. So in the first four years, you didn't think it was anything to do with the contact you had made with James? Yes. Well, no. I guess I forgot about the things moving. Being angry and isolated just became a part of my normal routine. I felt fine until I got sick, but even then, it wasn't my first thought. I honestly thought it was a guardian angel looking after me. I had prayed for protection when things started to disappear or move. I had hoped this was my sign. Another cigarette. Jesus, how has this woman lived this long? Doesn't matter what poisons I put inside me, she said. She must have saw the look on my face. Nothing will kill me if it still needs me. I think it eats it up. Loves it. I'm sorry, what was that? I startled. It still needs you? What in holy hell? That's how they get you. They make you think you're speaking to the Lord above. Promising to take away the pain and make everything better. I could have anything my heart desired if I wanted. They make you feel like you're doing the right thing. You're filled with lustful impulses and you act on them. Then they take away those feelings. You're left with nothing but your own maddening thoughts. You start to miss the voice, crave it. I didn't leave my room. I sat in the dark waiting to hear it. I was starting to feel an unease now. Her hands were shaking more than before and she was getting a bit fidgety. One night he finally came to me in my dreams. He told me to let go and all my pain would be gone. I awoke in my usual night terror screams. My mother didn't comfort me anymore. They were scared and I knew it. I sat there for what seemed like ages. I finally said yes. What happened next? felt like my veins were being pumped with tar. I could feel it and I could see it traveling up my limbs. It burned like wildfire. My chest was heavy and I couldn't catch my breath. I wanted to scream but it felt like someone's hands were around my throat. Miss Catherine's neck started to involuntarily twitch. I don't remember much from time to time. When I'd come to I'd be doing horrible things horrible things to myself or the birds outside. I would throw rocks at the birds just so I can injure them. What I really wanted was to hear the snapping of their necks, their bones so fragile and weak under my own hands. Then I'd pull it apart piece by piece, like I was taking petals off a flower when I was younger. I hated my mother the most. She'd sit outside my door and pray. Her voice was toxic to my ears. It was piercing and she screeched inaudible words to me. She sent in multiple therapists into my room. They prescribed me heavy antidepressants, sleeping aids, and pills for schizophrenia. She would shove them down my throat three times a day. My father held me down while she choked me on those pills. Sometimes I managed to spit them out or throw them up. One day my hands got free. I swung my hand into my father's throat and scratched my mother on her left cheek. Oh my goodness, I whispered. That's when they brought the priest in. She looked disgusted, flicking at her cigarette like it was a fly in her ear. So how long was this in your time span, I asked her. 
<laughs> I was 23. Takes the Catholic Church a while to get their shit together. Her breath was starting to quicken and her eyes darted left and right frantically. They have to rule out mental illness first, you know. Make sure it's nothing of the flesh that's causing this. I was in fact on medication and they wanted me off it for six months before making another decision. I heard the voices more. I can see the shadows of him as well. No one else could. They for sure assumed it was schizophrenia with the lack of medication and increased abnormalities. I think I was 25 when they gave the blessing to have me exercised. This is it, the big one. I'm not prepared for this. How does that feel, if you wouldn't mind? He feels like a parasite oozing under your skin. The slow, monstrous crawl while he wraps and entwines himself in my muscles and tendons. My skin feels like stretched leather. And wherever he burrowed, it pained me. It burned beyond my control. I would retch and squirm. I was angry. He was angry. I'd flail my legs and thrash my arms. My bones would break and I'd scream. I don't remember much these past 30 years. What I do remember is the pain. We sat there in stillness for a few moments, taking in the crisp afternoon. As Catherine lit up another cigarette. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. To lose control over yourself. You aren't you. You're a slave to the demon. You can't do anything. You have no basic rights and you're punished for thinking you do. It would have me pluck my fingernails from the skin. All while I screamed in agony. You feel dirty all the time and so full of sin. Hatred is at your core. It consumes you, and then it deepens into this twisting, withering, intruding demand from your very soul to kill your mother, yourself, or the priest above you. The pulsating twitch in her neck started to become a distraction. I couldn't look away. Miss Catherine, would you perhaps like to get away from the patio? It's starting to get awfully cold. Out oh, here's fine. I like it cold, she muttered. I groaned and went to tighten my jacket. Well, um, Miss Catherine, when was your exorcism completed? She turned to look at me, her head tilted in an animalistic way to the left, and the vein on her right side was much livelier. She hissed. So it took two years for an exorcism, I asked. They had to find his name first. You can't do anything without his name. He abandoned me. Lights flickered again. So how have the past 19 years been for you then? Miss Catherine's fingers began to twist in an odd way. I was fine for a few years, depressed and angry. You'd be too, child. Eleven years of someone else with you. The only one that knew what you were going through. The only one who has ever loved you. 
bathed in darkness and cradled by hatred. Her throat made a clicking sound and she didn't take her eyes off me. You said you're still ill, Miss Catherine. Are they side effects from the years of pain you've suffered? Click, click, click. There was that sound again. <laughs> she golfed. I took care of it. Pardon, I asked? You took care of it? A low growl sounded from her throat and her head tilted back to the odd way she was holding it. Never taking her eyes off me. I sat a little longer in silence. Nothing but the raspy sounds of her breath and the random clicking noise. Well, I do believe it's time I take my leave, Miss Catherine. I appreciate... She called me back, you know, she interrupted. I just stared at her, my hand frozen on my phone. I need to get out of here. She played a game alone, by herself, breaking every rule, leaving herself vulnerable. I slid right back in with ease, just like butter, she cooed. Miss Catherine stood to a haunch, her eyes never leaving me. She began to twist her torso back in a disturbing manner. Her bones began to snap and make sickening breaking sounds. Slowly, she bent backwards, inhuman-like, her hands out to lay flat on the table surface. Her bones kept snapping and a deep growl came from her throat. Her head positioned in the left, a human pretzel. You should go, she wheezed. I want to play now. Well, I guess you can take two things from tonight's story. One, don't ever mess with the Ouija board. And two, don't let yourself be vulnerable to that negativity and energy. Don't ever open doorways that you cannot close. With that being said, we'll see you next week. Sleep tight, little monsters.